Want to have your very own free-range egg farming business? Welcome to Green Grass Egg Farming Podcast with Daniel O'Brien, the show dedicated to giving you the latest tips, ideas and interviews to help you produce the best tasting free-range eggs and sell your eggs for the highest price. And here's your host, Daniel O'Brien. Daniel O'Brien here. Welcome back to Green Grass Egg Farming. Today, I am talking with Sally Ruley Ansich from Colin and Sally's Organic Lamb and Beef in Victoria, Australia. Welcome to the call today, Sally. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a delight. I am very excited because today we are going to talk about CSA, Community Supported Agriculture. So I'm going to, I, I know a little bit about them of how they work, but not heaps. So I'm I'm really going to ask sometimes the, the silly questions or how does it work and how does it start? And if no one's ever heard anything about or never heard the words community supported agriculture, what what is it? I think it's best said and it's a system that connects the producer to the consumers by allowing the consumer to subscribe to an entire harvest or a year of a farm. It differs from a box scheme or simply selling direct on an ad hoc basis as the consumer is really supporting the farm for the duration of the harvest or year, rain, hail or shine. Okay, right. I can also sort of talk a little bit about how it's defined by the International CSA Advocacy Group Urgency. I won't go into all the principles. You can go and read about it on the website. One of the key principles that you need to exhibit in a CSA is risk and reward. For example, our smallest CSA share at Colin and Sally's is one and a half lambs over the course of the year. So half a lamb three times a year. They, the eater or consumer pays for a set, they pay a set amount of money on the idea that we believe it's appropriate to go out the lamb to X amount of kilos. So they know what they're paying for and they know what they believe that we can grow. If we have a shocking year, that lamb weight per half carcass may be a little under and that's them risking that farming enterprise with us. Right. If they have a larger um, share of lambs, so the lambs are larger that year, that's the reward and we don't charge extra for that. So we give a a sort of a a point and say we believe that we're able to go or harvest this amount and we, we will do so. And if it's more, that's the reward. And if it's less, that's the risk. Yeah, right. So have you always sold your lamb and beef uh, in this way? No, no. We started in 2014 just selling direct. Just um, I put it out on Facebook one day and there was a great response and all of a sudden we had a business and we, we nutted everything else out from there. Yep. Um, we leased more land and we now have three farms. And we were selling on our Facebook page and from a mailing list doing drop-offs in, in Melbourne and around sort of South Gippsland. We were selling 20 lambs and a whole cow within 20 minutes of releasing it. So it was it was doing really well. We, we don't do farmer's markets and we lambs and beef 
and cattle only leave the farm when they've been sold. And yeah, wow. we work on a, a whole carcass principle. Someone takes a whole or a half lamb, bones included. Yeah. Okay. So you were selling direct um, by, by putting up a, a, a post on Facebook or going out to your mailing yeah. list. So what, what was yeah. the transition and why did you go from that to CSA? I really wanted to sort of grow a stronger more can sort of a stronger cohort of people who were interested in supporting us and it also we had a lot of people who were missing out on the mailing list and weren't getting the amount of meat that they wanted from us regularly and we really wanted to support them and they wanted to support us and get to know us better and so this made sense yeah okay yeah right so what was the tra- transition and how did your customers respond to that so they're used to getting an email from you you've got lamb yep here's my order to coming yep. on and they're, they're like on their side they're like hang on I'm going to risk but as you said they if you get a, a really good yield they also gain how did they re- first respond to that Well I guess we did we started off for, for in the months leading up to offering the share um, on the 1st of January, on the, the months preceding that, we did a lot of education on our Facebook um, site around CSAs and the reason why we were doing it and um, how it was important as a solidarity economy. Um, and the people who signed up, they, they understood it. There were some people who didn't want to commit. They wanted to just buy the odd sausage here and there. And we do have a little bit of leftover and we can accommodate them occasionally, but we really wanted to grow this principle of selling. Yeah, okay. It brought a lot of stability. It brought more stability to our farm financially because CSA customers can pay for their yearly share either upfront if they would like to, but most pay either fortnightly or monthly. And so that brings that sort of cash flow into the business which was it allowed us to really do some things earlier in the year yeah that money on um yeah so so for someone especially like um yeah growing meat in most cases you don't get paid until it's it's already gone uh, to processing gone to the butcher shop gone out the other end as you said you can have this massive cash gap so you're pre Mm. pre pre-selling them in some ways, it's good for the customer. They don't have to like fork out all the money for half a lamb That's tomorrow. Exactly right. That's so, exactly right. We had a lot of people come on board who hadn't previously because they didn't have that, you know, three hundred or three hundred and fifty dollars for that yes. whole lamb, um, and this allowed them to really budget for their protein. Yeah. Okay. So, from a customer's point of view, they know how much they're paying each and every fortnight or month. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then right. for for you, you get you, you get that that money each fortnight or monthly, so you can then look through your monthly cash flows and know you've got income coming in. And mm. when um when, when the livestock goes off for processing, it's all sold. So then you don't need to run around and look at the latest cattle prices, so to speak. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had a great result with the take up of CSA shares for Colin and Sally's. Uh, I released them in the morning of um, January 1st and they were all sold within 11 hours. And we have over 300 people on a waiting list for 2018. 
Wow. Okay. Wow. So just- one of the um, very excitingly, just this week, I put out a survey to our CSA cohort for this year, and I'm so delighted to report that 90% of 2017 CSA share member families are staying on board for 2018. Out of the 10% that are stepping away, 6% are doing so because they've reduced their family's meat intake. Not, you know, enough to not warrant taking on a share. Yeah. So I'm really, really thrilled with those low numbers of attrition. Yeah. And to the, me, this speaks volumes, not just for our business, but for the fact that it highlights there's a demand for this type of solidarity economy. Yeah, that, that's great to to know that ninety percent are coming on. Yeah, you've got six percent staying on. Yeah, y- yeah, like staying on six percent. Yeah, that their circumstances have changed for meat intake, and there's probably four four mm. percent. They could just be moving house, like they're moving out of area. So, um, but some of them, a couple of them have because I sent out a survey and it was anonymous, and some of them very clearly said that they it didn't work for them. Yeah, that whole animal eating approach. Just yeah. didn't work. Yeah. Okay. So they, yeah, they they didn't have enough ribs to to feed, you know, in a half lamb to feed, you know, five children, you know, yeah. etc. Et but that that kind of eating just wasn't working for them easily enough. Yeah. Okay. And I, I completely understand that. We do a lot of education around um, how to use cuts uh, of meat, particularly, you know, someone. Google's lamb shank and most of the recipes are for, you know, four to six lamb shanks. Well, you've got two coming from us, so what yeah. do you do with them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so different approaches to, to consuming meat, yeah, that's a really important element to to impart that sort of education and information to, to people eating a different way through this method. Yeah, okay. So when um... – so do you roll them out annually? So when someone commits, they're not just committing for like a two, three, four month, they're committing for a full season in your case? Uh, that's right, a year. Yeah. We've, so. we've rolled it out year, yeah, for a year. That works for us. For, for say, a vegetable seller um, in doing a CSA, it would probably work for a season. There's often downtimes for, um, for vegetable for growers um, during winter. So season works best for those. But for a CSA, it's very important that it's not ad hoc. It is for a defined period of time, and that def- that that time is defined by the farmer. Yeah, okay. And to, to set up a CSA, is there like legal contracts or is there any legislation or regulation no. that you've got to jump through? No. no, not at all. Not at all. It's... um. It's a personal relationship that you're forming with with your eaters. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. It's just like buying direct, except it's more structured. Yeah, over on, a longer period of on, time. on a subscription plan, which yeah sounds good. You've got, really got that consistency, and they get to know you and such. Yeah, during the year we had two people step away, one for financial reasons, and the other one um, because you know they all of a sudden had three kids go vegetarian and we understand that it's not um great that someone steps away from a csa near the beginning of the year but it, that's also that's about people and relationships and you have to understand that people's circumstances can change dramatically and you try and incorporate that into your business yeah okay 
So some of the, the marketing, you said a lot of it is about education, like telling them what is a CSA and such. So mm. new people that are coming on, you, you said you've got a waiting list. How have they heard about you? Is it through marketing, through referral, through education? How have they come to engage with you and your business? Oh, I mean, word of mouth continues to be the most powerful um, marketing tool, really. So people sitting down to a leg of lamb and people saying, where did you get that leg of lamb? And then they go on to explain that, well, actually, this is coming to us three times a year now and this is how and jumping on the waiting list there. Um, we have over 5,000 people on our wait, on, on our mailing list, so that's a lot of people to kind of grab. Yes. And that's about that's how we communicate with people and via Facebook and people share that information, as you know, and word is getting out. Yeah, okay. So for most of your customers, would they have ever – had interaction with a CSA before or in a lot of cases this would be the first time? I think a lot of them are the the first time. I've got a few customers who um, are CSA members of a couple of other farmers in Victoria, some Jonai Farms, for instance. I've got a few of theirs. Um, They have um, Jonai Farm CSA share and they also come on board for us. So they're they're across how that works and, and how it benefits um, both the, the farmer and the consumer. Uh, we've got a couple of overseas um, people who are delighted to hear that CSA is gaining strength in Australia because back in usually America, um, the base is, um, they're seeing that they've seen how well it's worked and that they're really happy that they're able to do it over here. Yeah. But for most, vast majority, it's something that they have to get their head around. Yeah. But it's, it's so good to have such a good uptake considering it, it's not a model that um, is, is as common. Like it, it's getting more and more common with farms mm, like doing is. direct market, but it's not yeah. something sometimes consumers are like, oh, well, this is a new thing. I'm not sure. Like I don't, I don't want to be an early adopter. But in, <laughs> in your case, they're jumping on to say, no, I want, like first in, first serve. Like let's let's ju- jump in and get, get involved in this. So that's that's great. Mm. Can I just touch on one of the other principles of a CSA? It's a really important one, yeah. and that's about deepening friendly relationships. It's it's such a, a, a lovely principle to uphold. One of the ways we do this at Colin and Sally is, is that we invite all CSA member families down to the farm on three occasions throughout the year, so like a farming and feasting weekend. And it's usually during a time where we're rounding up sheep or ear tagging, and we really could use the help. And CSA members come and stay in camp on the farm and we get lots of jobs done. And then we have a huge shared meal. And watching families grow their connection to their food is deeply satisfying. And they've got a better understanding of our farming practices, the limitations that we face as small-scale producers, and the way that we respect the animals. And this deepens their relationship to their food and to us as a farming family. And they get to ask us questions that they can't ask us at the drop-off because it's such a busy afternoon. And I think that's another one of the another one of the reasons why we do have a very low attrition rate for next year is because they feel connected to the produce. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
And, and what percentage of, of your customers would turn up to one of those open days? Oh, it's quite it's quite low, I'd say. Um, who what we've got? We've got one coming up in December, and we've got four families coming out. Yeah, and that's four from seventy. So that's that's low. Yeah, I, I'd I'd be astounded if we got. 10 or 15 because I don't know where we'd hold them all. Yeah, yes. But, um, but I think that's the very idea that we have opened the farm. Yeah. There is an opportunity and say if they're different families, you know, over three occasions and there's four to five families, that's that's connecting, you know, 15 families to their food. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of these people have already come out to visit us at some point. Yeah, no, just having that yeah relationship and connection, it's huge because I've said it many times before, like in the food industry, there's almost no transparency, no con- connection. Like you go into a supermarket, you pick up any piece of produce you'll, and all, all you know sort of these days is it was either grown in Australia or it was imported and that's about it. You don't know what state, what town, anything. So to to go the absolute opposite yeah we've found as well people um they breathe a sigh of relief of like oh right there's actually a human being behind this company and this brand and this produce and um we we can ask questions and people love that they do that's why colin and and myself and and our two little boys um are committed to taking the meat ourselves to every drop off yeah and shaking the hand of everyone who takes a bag of meat from us. That's really important. And I think it's important to them as well. Yeah. So how do the drop-offs work and how often are they? So the CSA drop-offs are three times a year for for each drop-off. So we'll do at least once a month. And we try and give the CSA cohort – around about a month notice. Yep. And they've told where we'll be. It's usually the same house. Yep. And they're given an hour and a half window on a Saturday afternoon and they just rock up with their rescues. Yeah, okay. And take so, it out of our refrigerated van. Right, okay. So how many um so you'll have a pile of families turn up all with eskies and you'll have ba- yeah. bags of meat and everyone yep. picks them yeah. up. And and okay. the good thing about that, you're not actually handling any money, are you? Because it's all No, it's absolutely done. not. Yes. This is pre-ordered and prepaid. There is no vending license required um, and there is strictly no vending on the day. Yeah. So you can't pick up an extra pack of sausages. Yeah. We have to be very careful that we're um, with, you know, on the right side of the law and this is on the right side of the law. Yeah, excellent. So the the logistics seem a lot more simple than other ways, we could say that. Well, this is exactly what we've been doing for four years. This is just sort of to a smaller cohort that are taking more. We've always done the drop-off principle. We haven't sold in any other way. Um, one of the exciting things that we've done over the past of 12 to 18 months is invite other farmers in on the drop-off. Yeah. So say you know, pork and eggs and chicken and, and duck and letting our CSA and the wider eating community know through our you know 
social media channels and our mailing list that you can come and pick up from all of these other farmers. Yeah. And they pre-ordered and prepaid and they pick up all at the same time. It creates this little multi-producer hub and it's great. And it's so low risk to all the other farmers because they're not bringing any produce that they haven't sold. Yeah, yeah, that's um, very important as I think both of us would know many farmers they have turned up to a, a farmer's market with all the produce yeah. they've picked out of the garden the day before, hoping for a big day only to take sometimes half that, or more of it home again, realising it's only got like another day shelf life and no customers. That's the and that's very, where, very reason yeah. we, uh, myself and Amelia Bright of Amber Creek um, Farm have started the Prom Coast Food Collective because seeing farmers turn up to farmer's market having killed beasts and harvested greens to not sell them is devastating to yeah. a small farm. So tell us a bit about that um, food collective on the Prom Coast. Well, it's pretty much on the same principle as a Colin and Sally's drop-off. So on the first of the month, we open orders um, through the Open Food Network and you can purchase over 300 products from over 20 small-scale producers. And... Then on the third Sunday, and you, you, you order those and you pay for them, and on the third Sunday of every month, you pick them up from the Blue Tree Honey Farm in Dumbork, South Gippsland. There's no vending on the day. You can shake the hand of all the producers that you've purchased from. You go around and pick up all your produce, and it's so much fun. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. And it's really supporting small-scale farmers, who are selling amazing produce, who are not harvesting vegetables and sending off animals unless they're, they have a home. Yes. Yeah, so important. So, so it's delicious. So what was some of the challenges in, in setting up a CSA for you? Getting my head around the admin, really, um, which wasn't hard in the end. Um, there's not a there's not a, there's not a lot of downsides. I can tell you, it's freed up a lot of my time from organising deposits from people that I don't know who have ordered or ordering for the first time, and um, keeping on top of money coming in monthly. That hasn't changed. Easy as so, there's so a lot of resources on yeah. the Urgency website, and I believe um, the Australian Food Sovereignty Alliance's new uh, website will have some resources available for an Australian audience of CSA sort of farmers, which will be great. Yeah, yeah, fa fantastic. So it sort of sounds like w once you've got the the initial um, framework set up, even if you've got two, three, four, ten people through it, you can mm. scale it quite easily because they're all on sort of the same system of, they pay for yeah. it on a subscription. You just add one more, yeah. one more to the mix. So, even if you're a farmer doing farmers markets and you open a CSA program, they can pick up from the farmers market. There, there are ways of of starting slowly if you need to. You don't. It doesn't have to be all in or all out. You yeah. can dip your toe in a CSA and grow it. But that sort of financial surety 
is is huge for a farm. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we've covered quite a bit. Um, so if someone wanted to find out more about um, Colin and Sally's organic lamb and beef, where's the best place? Facebook page, website, or both? Both, yeah. Colinandsallys.com.au um, or our Facebook page. It would be perfect. And I've been talking to lots and lots of farmers over the last six months and helping them set up CSA. So hopefully we're going to see a lot of people launch in in the coming months. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for uh, your time today, Sally. And I'm thank sure you for our, having me, Daniel. Yeah, you're very welcome. And I'm sure our listeners may, um, a lot of them may be uh, looking at information for egg farming. Um, a lot of them, they also have um, um, the be- beef and lambs and other things. Mm. So, and the good thing about CSA, it's not something that can only work for beef or lamb, or or it can it can work for any produce on farms. So that's the most exciting thing about it. That's right, absolutely. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Green Grass Egg Farming Podcast. For transcripts and other free resources, please go to greengrasseggfarming.com.